I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, powered once again by our partners at Code. You're on once again with Cheezo, and with me tonight, I have my best friend in the entire world. It's Pistol, mate. How you going? That was very sweet of you. Um, I'm, f- I'm ah. feeling a bit better now after that opening. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm feeling a bit better. You're feeling a bit better. JB's not feeling too much better, unfortunately. Yeah, no. Um, you still cook. Yeah, so we're, we're happy we can... Um, get back into podcasting this week. It was yeah, sickness shared. We had we had a nice catch up where we just infected each other with the illness. So um, glad that's out of the way. Let's put it that way. Yeah. How, how did the catch up go, Pistol? I sadly had to miss out with sickness myself. I saw some nice photos with you with a cake. It was unbelievable. It was great. For those that don't know, we had a bit of a Dr. Supercoach patron catch up. Our first one had a nice venue, a nice bar tab, um, some nice food. Everything was nice and great. And it was awesome to meet all sorts of people um, that you know came from close and far. And yeah, it was just a fantastic day and night. And I honestly can't wait until we can do it again. Mate, I need you to clear something up. It's been told to me down the grapevine that you were home before the streetlights had come on. Can you confirm or deny that that, <laughs> that accusation? Streetlights were off, but I did uh, leave a little bit earlier. I didn't stay out all night. Just, um, you know, getting prepped for my uh, 30th birthday the next day. So, um, you know, the, you wake up a bit sore um, when you get a bit older, Cheezo. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm definitely not older than you. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, we've had some feedback from people in Patreon saying that I don't 
deliberately ask you how your week was enough and you don't get to elaborate. So, Pistol, how did your week go? What score happened? Did you have your wits about you this week? Talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, my, my week started fantastic. Uh, the early games were great. PODs flying, Sinclair, Steel, just off, off the bat, big scores. Um, and then it all came crashing down on the Sunday, as it usually does. Uh, ended with a 2-4-1-1. I still moved up inside the top 10K for the first time this season, which feels like a milestone, but I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest, because I captained Wits for his one of his lowest scores of the season, um, the 78 points, and literally any other player except for English would have yielded more points than him um, for me this week as captain, and I lost my cash league by one point. So... Not happy, Jan, um, at all. It was, look, it was a little bit of a working late on Friday, so didn't quite hit the lockout well on the Friday, but I didn't really care because I wasn't really going to VC anyone in that first game. But then my options were significantly limited after I didn't have Sinclair, Steele, McRae, Bontempelli, English Dunkley. I was like, oh, half my team is locked out. Um, And then I was like, well, I'll just do like Darcy into Took Miller. That's fine. And then... What happened was I started to panic about Took Miller being tagged, and I was like, "Well, Wits has, yep. Wits has been, you know, pretty good. He's only had, you know, two bad games for the whole season, and I'll just take a hundred flat at this point." And it went incredibly poorly, and I have huge regrets. And yeah, basically, lost lots of points, um, and that's all she wrote. Really, I, I, I could have had a, I could have had a very nice twenty six hundred this week, but. Um, I decided to use two trades to bring in Taranto as an M9 rather than doing the older Oliver to Laird and Captain Laird, which was an early week plan. Um, I'm happy I have Taranto as cover. I think that will be really good for the rest of the season. Um, But I've now lost like 160 or 170 points because of that decision in total. So not great, but still moved up. So I'll, I'll take it. What is with you panic trading in GWS midfielders? Can you explain? <laughs> if it's not Jelly, it's Taranto. If it's not Taranto, it's trading out cogs when he becomes good. Oh, I don't know. So I, 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 I just worry about you sometimes. I, I, I started with Whitfield and Pruce and um, Cornelio, but I had such a bad time with all of them. that I traded all of them out, and I've used my last like two upgrades to trade in Himmelberg and Taranto. I'm like, right, just keep going back to that well. And I mean, Himmelberg's been going great, but I'm a bit worried. Um, just like what's going to happen next. Like it feels like it's just a poison water and I'm like being sucked in. <laughs> and then it's going to be like mass restings in the last two weeks and both Taranto and Himmelberg are going to be rested. And I'm going to be like, why do I do this to myself every year? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was going to say this won't be the last time because I'm probably going to I'll probably start Himmelberg next season, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Why How did you go, Chiso? Uh, I had a, a 23.58 for me. I went up a total of four solitary ranks this wow. week. So it's, it's getting tight in the uh, the mid-13,000s there, Pistol. We're all <laughs> fighting it out in there. Uh, three <laughs> trades remaining, Rich and Oliver on the bench. Um, and the cover of Hoff, Bazo, and Ware uh, just kind of... 
Yeah, I don't have Taranto to, to come on for my Olivers there, Pistol. I do have to say that uh, I could have used one of those three trades, but I feel like if I had done that, I just, two wouldn't have been enough to get me through to the end of the year. I feel like uh, things are ramping up, so to speak, and we could be losing a lot of our players uh, yeah, in the I, coming weeks. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's We went different ways. I was like, I'm going to go down to one trade but have Taranto cover, and you wanted to keep the trades for more... I guess pressing needs in the future. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens. We're pretty close in rank. Um, I've jumped JB now, so happy about that. Oh, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a battle between you and I um, for the rest of the season. No, mate, I'm cooked. But team's done. <laughs> uh, we we do have uh, three brand new patrons to shout out now. I've got uh, Chris Grundy, Alex Siblard, and JB. Now, I'm, I'm just wondering if this is his old account so he can, he can start spying on the new patrons. He just wants some advice. He's like sick of giving the advice. He's like, I'm just going to sign up and then um, actually, you know, pay attention and get, get, our, get our advice this time. Hey, you know, it's actually probably a good thing if he's uh, just DMing himself. It, it does take the strain off the rest of the people <laughs> that have to see his comments in Slack all day. <laughs> Uh, thank you for, for those that are signing up uh, so late in the season. We obviously really do appreciate your support. Pistol, the cup has progressed. We've only got 32 um, coaches left remaining. We're into round five, getting towards the pointy end. Sadly, no uh, podcasters are left. We've got some prizes heading out to those that knocked us all out. I couldn't go all the way again this year. Um, and we've got some Cancer Council donations to uh, just before we wrap up housekeeping. Pistol, we've got Jason, uh, no note, just uh, just a, a donation. And AZ, DRSC, Levitsky, uh, well... I stayed strong until this point, but parish out for four brings my total trades wasted on injuries to 12, and that's worth a donation. Looking forward to 2023. Aren't we all as? Um, Pistol, last I like how you said AZ. Given I always yeah, incorrectly it, name things um, clearly yeah. as, right? <laughs> yeah. It's still not as bad as Christiane Salim. Uh, yep. the, last, the last piece we have is prize league. Um, for the month of June, Pistol. We had some big, big scores and some names that knocked you out of the cup making into the top three for prize league for last month must make you feel a little bit better. I don't know if that's better or worse given uh, JB did the draw and probably could see uh, that some players were in absolute fighting form and then I had to come up against them and get knocked out by them. But congratulations to the winner, of June, I know we're a bit late, sorry, we missed podcast last week, and that is uh, Coach Nicholas of The Revolution, having 10,917 points across June, and second was Zach DRSC Fibonator with 10,896, and second, who just pipped Huggies Heroes, Coach Wayne, who knocked me out of the cup with 10,876 points, so all super, that's one of the tightest, um, you know, months that we've had this whole season so great stuff they've all flown absolutely up the ranks lately and hopefully for them that continues next month absolutely pistol we do have a random lucky draw for this month and the prize for the lucky draw for the month of june is blacky white so black and white coach um high ranking super coach player um as well so We'll be getting some merch coming your mate, uh, your way, mate. Just make sure to DM me your details in 
Slack and we'll get those out to you. Pistol, we're going to finally talk about some Supercoach. Even this late in the year, we've still got lots of housekeeping to do. Mate, there has been an onslaught of messages in game day about just how far we're going to throw Paddy Cripps off a cliff <laughs> at the end of this season because like, I, I can understand falling into a trap at the start of the year and then it just like not like he just didn't perform like we thought he would but to actually start the year in mind-bogglingly good form and we're like yeah he's probably going to slow down to maybe like 110 115 and so we should pick him up now but to slow down to like an 80 average i like it gives me like uh, shakes. I can't. I can't control my hands. Just how furious it's making me inside that we've been sucked into the trap again. Since round nine, he's only had two scores above a hundred, and before round nine, because there was no warning whatsoever, his three games before that was a one thirty nine, a one thirty eight, and a one fifty one. So it came out of nowhere. It was like, boom, here we go. I think Pitney. Uh, went down, and uh, yeah, Cripps's season was pretty much over. And uh, that's all she wrote, and destroyed our Supercoach years, and uh, if we had potentially taken our own advice and not got him at the beginning of the year and kept to it, mm. then we may have been better off, but is what it is. I don't think anyone's getting to round eight, seeing him average 125 at like 520k and thinking that it's going to be a bad trade-in, but this is how it all turns out. Yeah. So so talk to me about we we've got a few players that like yourself had the option to um use a couple of trades to shore up um that that kind of um missing player that you had last week. We've got play, uh, coaches this week that have similarly, you know, 3 4 5 trades where they're at a position where they can make um sort of an an aggressive play. Are we at the point right now We've mentioned it in previous weeks. Is this the point where we're close enough to the end of the season where Paddy Cripps is someone that we should be looking to optimize? Absolutely. If you if you have the trades and you've got some cash in the bank, or even if you don't, I'd probably still look to trade him. Um, you know, not if you have like two trades, then don't, and then just maybe give it another week and then reassess if you have any injuries. But certainly, if I think if you have three or more, you could probably spare one um, to trade on Cripps. Jack Steele is 560k, and uh, Mills is only 570k, and they're both top tier, you know, midfielders. So if you can grab them first, that would be where I would lean. Um, Chizo, if you don't have any budget and you're looking for some, I guess, or I guess not any budget, but if you have only a little bit more cash than, <laughs> than Crips, um, is there somewhere else you would be looking? Maybe you wouldn't even look in the midfield. Could you do some DPP switcheroos and get some, some value in another line? Yeah, that, that's sort of what I'm thinking along those lines. Like we've got so many um, DPPs both forward and back that it gives us the, the opportunity to sort of, um, towards the end of the season, we don't need to be heavily reliant on these role goals, gold players. It gives us the opportunity to kind of take someone that's kind of hit that purple patch of form um, and, and, and sort of ride that wave, so to speak, towards the end of the uh, end of the year. And I thought it would be really good if we went through um, just some forward, maybe some forward and back options in this instance um, to maybe find some, some nuggets uh, of gold in the rough there that we could um, maybe use as that DPP for Paddy Cripps. All right, well... Speaking of nuggets, I'm going to go first um, because someone I <laughs> was mentioned in Slack last week and I was really excited by and kind of looks like a nugget. Uh, that would be 
Dylan Moore uh, forward. He is probably a surprising pick to those that have not watched many Hawks games. Um, but in the last two weeks, he's moved into the midfield and looked really, really good. Um, he's, he's, you know, got an eye for goal. He can kick goals. But when he plays as a midfield, he's actually like a hard nut, can get the inside clearances and can also finish on the outside, which makes him a really dangerous midfielder. So I think Hawthorne are going to keep using him there. In the last two rounds, he's had um, 60% and 61% CBAs, and his super coach scores have been really good. He scored uh, 113 last week, and the week before that, he scored 135. Now, Hawthorne play North Melbourne this week, um, St Kilda, Gold Coast, Richmond, and Bulldogs Potentially no more finalists, depending on how the ladder plays out. Probably one. Um, but I think all of those teams are decent matchups um, for, for Dylan Moore going forward. And he's really only in 2.9% of teams. So I think at 513k, you could do a lot worse than swinging around some DPP and, and grabbing Dylan Moore as a smoky to try and you know get you some, some decent points on the way home. Yeah, someone a little bit more expensive than that uh, towards 550 if you do have a little bit of cash to the bank is um, Connor Rosie. I, I was one of the people that thought that he would be a flash in the pan moving into the midfield. And, and this is just another thing that I've been totally incorrect about in 2022. <laughs> He's just been phenomenal. Like it, it, it doesn't even pay me to say that because watching him play is just... like We picked the wrong forward port player Where, where's JB when we need him to actually give us a good port player to pick from in our sides um, yeah since he's moved into the midfield I think he's been absolutely fantastic and, and that role shows no sign of showing up since round six I think since since round six he's averaging 60 plus um, uh, percent in CBA so um, he's another one sort of Left field, like a lot of the the big guns in terms of the Bonts um, and Liberatore and these kind of guys, uh, they're, they're all the, the the common suspects that we've all got. I think he's another um, sort of like pick towards the end of the season um, that can really help your team sort of stand out. Pistol in yeah. in the defense line, we we'll go to one I was of my say, boys before you jump into the next one. Rosie kind of reminds me of like Dugowie from last season, where like he had a role change in like round, I think it was like fourteen or or 15 and then was peppering like I think he had high 80 scores and then just was like bang you know like 115 average for the rest of the season and Rosie's kind of coming across similarly but he's just actually good at football so he's scoring <laughs> very well in super coach and I think he yeah he, he's an, a fire pick I will say Chizo, um embarrassingly in my dream team I did trade out Rosie I traded him in and then I traded him out <laughs> after what? a couple of bad games which is very embarrassing and now he's dominating I traded him for Parrish as well which is also pretty funny given oh. we know how that's ended up so yeah fun, fun uh, facts you told me that you would you told me you'd never play DT again after you lost that competition and came second by a wrong captaincy choice. No, I came, f- when, I came when fourth. When did you start playing DT again? I came fourth. No, no, no. Oh, that's just, right. Not, not, not as, just, just for fun, not, not as serious anymore. <laughs> no, I've, got, I've only got one true love, uh, and that's, right. that's Supercoach. I mean, my wife. No, no, it's Supercoach. Right. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I hope Mrs. Pistol She's not listening. That. Well, she actually uh, might be, to be honest, but it's fine. Mate, it's she fine. doesn't listen to your podcast. Uh, <laughs> in the defense, one of my boys, Mason Redmond, someone that I picked up in draft when he started this purple patch and has stormed me into some prelim finals in the uh, the OG Keeper League in Slack. Um, he's been on absolute fire. And you asked me previously 
what I thought he was doing. And it's almost like we've seen a rebirth. I don't think he's playing any specific different role. It's not like he's taking 90% of the kick-ins and he's got a high floor because of that. I think he's just certainly come into his own and becoming that player that as an Essendon supporter, we sort of saw um, kind of bubbling under the surface but didn't really think he was going to take it to the next level. But he just sort of has this over... All-round game now, where he's, he's uh, a good one-on-one, really aggressive, doesn't want to lose in, in these defensive scenarios. He's also good on the, the exit. I didn't used to think he had, he was great by foot, but he's being used a lot more this year, so he's getting a lot of mark kick exits out of the back line. Um, he does also get a few kick-ins, sharing that with Ridley, uh, as he has done previously. And if you're looking for hot form, um, it's like a 120 average or something over the last three three or four pistol. It's just been on absolute fire as the Essendon resurge. I can't believe how well he's been scoring. Like, it's not someone that's like, you know, an exceptional footballer. So usually when you have a five-round average of 120, like that's consistently really good. And he is being playing just really well, which is great. And, you know, hopefully for Don Fancy can keep it up. But since round six, he's had 109 average. So it's not even like a, it's not even like this is, I mean, it is a purple patch, but it's better. It's not better. It's just more, it's prolonged term. Yeah, prolonged. Thank you. I got there in, in the end with your, your help. The prolonged scoring doesn't mean that you're going to trade in someone who's going to turn to a potato the next week. Like, yeah, fine, whatever. He might average 100 for the rest of the season. <laughs> but he also might average 120, and both of those options are still good. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of the pick, and I just can't believe it, honestly. He's in 0.8% of teams. It's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just flying underneath the radar um, in terms of... like it, the, the the household names that people are used to picking obviously come to the the table first, and you can really easy sort by like three or five round average and look for the big names and and just kind of gloss over uh, Mason Redmond sitting on that table. But um, as you said, a little bit of a, a prolonged period now that we can be confident that this purple patch is going on. Uh, I do want to talk about Mason Redmond, for example, is five sixty five seven hundred. Um, someone that's cheaper than that that. Uh, everyone uh, has been talking about for a little while. Harry Himmelberg, defensive forward uh, DPP, is only five forty nine three hundred. So he's even cheaper than Mason Redmond. It'd be hard to, um, you know, you, you could make an argument for picking Redmond over top of Himmelberg, but the the way that he's been going in the last few weeks, the fact that you can get him cheaper. Um, in fact, you won't even shut up about him. He's, he's been so good for your side. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed I didn't have an injury so I could pick him up. No, he. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a funny point, actually. But he has been so good in the back line. The problem is he still gets pushed forward or like a ruck centre-half forward role in the last quarter of every game since the North Melbourne game where he played entirely in the back line. So rounds 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, he's, he's had a weird kind of role um, in the last part of the game. He happened to kick a goal and play really well against Brisbane in that last part of the game, so he was on like 102 at three-quarter time, and that pushed to the 130 score. But in the last few games, he just hasn't scored at all after three-quarter time. And, you know, he's put low tons or 95s, 98s. I just think that presents a lot of upside in case, you know, he does get four quarters. But at the same time, Williams, if he plays, you know, a half forward instead of a quarter forward, and what does that impact on his scoring? Um, 
I mean, negatively, of course. I, I think I might feel safer with another pick, but I do think he is like a good value option as well. So, yeah, maybe Chizu, you might there might be a Collingwood player that might be a little bit better, perhaps, as a selection. Uh, better is a, is a big term when you're saying uh, Harry Himmelberg in the same sentence this year, but we have talked about Paddy Cripps only 500 and Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One thousand thereabouts rounding up. If you don't have any cash to go anywhere and you do want to do some DPP, someone that we earmarked a few weeks ago, Maynard, um, has sort of had a resurgence after a slow start to the year. If you've got no cash... Uh, he looks like one of the better options at about that price that you could look at if you you are looking to do that DPP towards the back line. How, how have you seen his game progress as the years gone on, Pistol, as a Collingwood fanboy? You've you've <laughs> you've thrown me because I was going to talk about Nick Dacos, but I'm loving that you brought up Maynard oh, as well. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I was just, I picked up thrown. what you were saying and I was like, I know exactly where you're going. I got gotcha, you, mate. Don't worry about it. Turns out I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> no, look, May- Maynard, as we said a couple of weeks ago, cheap option, pumping out the hundreds flat. You know, that- that's fine. That's what we expect. Uh, I think it's a totally fine selection, but I was going to talk about the 40 possession three goal hero. Um, you know, uh, maybe maybe Supercoach isn't my one true love. Maybe it's Nick Dacos. I mean, he's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> as a first-year player and as a Collingwood supporter, it's like it's a dream come true having him in our side there's I, I could go on a lot more so I'll, I'll keep it short but um since round 12 he's put together a a 113 112 93 143 99 163 as a defender he five round average of 122 this form is beyond anything i could imagine i mean obviously i traded him out after his 59 in round 11 and missed all of those good scores um which sucks, but I'm happy for the pies. And he looks, I was going to say like a really good super coach option, but Chizo, when you have 40 touches and three goals and you're playing 50, I guess, split from the halfback flank and then the midfield, what comes next? Like what happens in the future games? I honestly have no idea <laughs> where I'm going with this. Is, yeah, you're not going to guess. I fall, I've burnt you once, and now you're like, I'm not guessing. I, I'm any not of your picking that anymore. up. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna get cop attention. I, I, I just, I don't see how, you know, against Swans, Ryan Clark's in the side. 
yeah, I think he's going to get a tear, as you said. As you said, um, against the Swans, like Ryan Clark in round twenty-two, perhaps um, there could be some attention. You know, in any of these games, I mean, Essendon have run with players. Um, they tried to run with Took for three quarters at least of the game. It's very possible that every game, pretty much on the run home. Just it's like, yeah, I'm not letting a halfback flank have 40 touches and three goals. We're just going to put some pressure on him and see what happens. So I don't feel super safe buying him. But if I owned him, I definitely would be thrilled and just not super worried about it. Yeah. And the the thing that kind of blows me away, this is like just off Supercoach topic for except that you can have those sort of stats from half back it just and particularly in the weather that they were playing in it just blows my mind like I, I i totally agree that he's he is going to be something special and probably locked into our teams for next year if it, if this is the first of you know second year breakout um but if you don't have enough money to get nick dacos what do you think about uh brad maynard <laughs> Uh, did you say Brandon Maynard? Is that is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Brandon, Maynard, Brandon Maynard's good. You know, I think a hundred average is fine. That's totally fine. I mean, I probably okay, cool. Pro- probably think it's okay. That's that's okay. We can. I was gonna say like Coleman is in really good form, but we're gonna have Zorko and Rich return, so I'd kind of like to see how that plays yeah. out and, and impacts Coleman. So I'd probably stay away from there. I still think if you're going like really really cheap, um, as we discussed last podcast um may is just good value at 428k he's now put together after his 108 he's put together 97 and an 89 it's probably going to be peppering those low 90 scores and at that price is probably all you need for that cover coverage sort of spot so yeah that's probably that's probably it on the uh the form players there chizo okay all right i'm so glad that you backed me up there mate i really really appreciate it um (laughs) The, the next topic, we've kind of talked about Crisp and uh, inadvertently talked about a lot of these form players that are like mildly um, kind of tied into what you might want to do with Paddy Cripps. We'll talk about another player that fell into people's laps. And Pistol, that is another one of your boys in Darcy Cameron. We've Parish. had a oh, lot of... Sorry. Mm, no, they're my boys. Yep. yep. Um, we had people that were struggling with ruck options and we were a little bit off the Darcy Cameron train, didn't really believe the hype. A lot of people have um, bought into it and ridden that wave and they're super happy with it. And now they're sort of at the situation where they're trying to get off that train. Um, how, where do you sit on the fence? Because we've got a couple high-ranked coaches that even today ask what they should do with Darcy Cameron. Should they be moving him on? Um, should they be, you know, plonking him into R2 and bringing in a forward? Um, wh- what are your thoughts? Is it, is it time to sort of move him on? Because it, it feels like we've hit a peak for him. Yeah, so as I feel like I've had to say on every podcast, Darcy Cameron's made us eat our words every week. He's just been phenomenal. Um, for the pies and phenomenal for super coach purposes, you know he's averaged a hundred plus for those that did take the the jump and leap of faith, and it's been awesome that's paid off. And how's the timing? Grundy slated for a return either this week or next week, and Paddy Ryder ruled out for four to six weeks, and now Marshall is going to be sole ruck when we know he's like a one ten plus sole ruck for Saints. He's got forward ruck eligibility as of last week. And he's fall straight in the lap as a straight trade 
for the Darcy Cameron owners. I mean, the stars are aligned or what? I mean, absolutely blessed, those owners, and I'm very jealous of them, but also pretty happy. Like, how often does that perfect transition happen? Like, never. This is, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's literally not something you could have planned for. Um, and, yeah, so you're saying that we've just had news tonight that Paddy Ryder out from four to six, uh, and we know what Marshall's like as a sole ruck. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be as straightforward as that. We were talking about forward options before, and I do agree, like, Rosie and, and Moore have probably, you know, 110 upside. But Marshall's shown us time and time again that when he's sole ruck, he's just the man. Like, he's awesome as a sole ruck. And I'd probably be going Marshall above all of them as a sole ruck. I mean, he was sole ruck okay. a couple of rounds ago in round 15 against Swans and scored 156. Like, he's got the ceiling. He's got the the past history. And everything has lined up perfectly fine. You just got DPP, so he can also cover your rucks. I mean, my God. It's just the the perfect storm, absolutely. So uh, you're saying that he's maybe your number one option in, like he, you've got the the opportunity to sort of pick between any of the. Let's say you got some cash in the bank, you can trade Darcy Cameron to any one of the rucks right now. I, yeah, I I sort of don't have the confidence in any of the other guys. Like Wits has let me down since I've had him in my team. Um, Darcy is not. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> Darcy's not doing his thing. Gorn's coming back from injury. Grundy's coming back from injury at some point. There really is no one in the ruck roulette that stands out more like um, Rowan Marshall. I've just put up a, a tweet from Frico. Last six scores without Paddy Ryder. 156, 124, 120, 73, 123, 158 for an average of 126 across those six games. Um, there is the potential that people are going to jump off Darcy Cameron straight into a Marshall and literally the the planets could not have aligned better. It's it's comical, but also like I love it for those people. Like that's awesome. <laughs> it's it's so cool that it just worked out that way. So I w- I'd be if if Grundy's names, I'd be making a trade. If he's not named, I'd probably wait one week just in case you need a trade for another LTI or whatever it might be. Because I think I I, well, I don't think Cameron. I think as soon as Grundy's back in the team, I think Cameron's dead as an option. Um, so it will have to be done it's at dead. some stage. <laughs> it's just dead as a, as a super coach option, I should say. Um, and yeah, it's it's clear in terms of Ruckman, there's no option that's going to be better than Marshall. I mean, even Riley O'Brien, is they're letting Philthorpe develop in the Ruck, so that was a risk with, with Rob. Um, even out of the forwards, there's risk with Moore and Rosie, and I think, still think Marshall's probably the better option out of all of them. Maybe Rosie's kind of up there. It's, it's That one's a bit closer. Um, and then all the way in the back line, Marshall's probably still the best option. I think the only people yeah. that are better options are probably like, you know, Jack Steele and, and Callum Mills. I think yeah. Marshall is probably the number one trading option. I probably would get him for, you know, Crips, Crisp, Short. All these guys, uh, um, Marshall's a gun as a soul ruck. Yeah. I, I'm super happy that I convinced my mate. The, the same mate that was going to trade Oliver, I got him to swap uh, Big O to, to Marshall last week to, so he wouldn't miss a donut. Now I feel like a genius. Um, <laughs> uh, just, to add, just, just to add to that, uh, Darcy Cameron, 515K, break even at 130, the potential to duck below 500,000 next week. Um, does that 
play into your thoughts in any way about um, you know what you might do with Ryan Marshall? He's not going to go up with uh, in a lot of cash, and he's only four sixty at the moment. So yeah, um, I guess that doesn't play too much into it. But that you you would still hold on to him for a week, even though he's got that break even. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, if you need the money, then do it. But otherwise, just to be safe, I probably would just maybe wait one week. I mean, how many points are you going to lose? Like, 30 points max? Uh, and Cameron can also yeah. always come out with a, a really good score just because of the role that yeah. he plays in the, the Collingwood side. I just would be worried, um, you know, touch wood, that there's, you know, an LTI in another position and you're like, oh, well, I'd rather spend my trade on LTI than someone who's fit and playing in, in Cameron. So... Something to yeah. at least think about, but I, I do have full faith. And, and and I should say as well, Marshall is Marshall has injury risk. He's not like yeah yeah. This, as much as he might be the best trading option, that's only because there's five weeks left of the season. Uh, he he is very injury prone, and I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if he cops an injury in the last five weeks. Like that that is a very real possibility as well. Yeah, he's not absolutely guaranteed to to hit that one twenty that he's averaged without Paddy Ryder. He's obviously he he plays significantly better without him. But um, you know, you, we, we're sort of that the form is not there. I, I think the last game that you mentioned was round fifteen where he played Sydney without Paddy Ryder. So the the the, the last game before that was in round five. So um, there there's only a couple games here and there where he has played without Paddy Ryder and those numbers do look incredibly fancy um, but still important to remember that he does have those risks associated with it and just like the ruck roulette this year he, he could fall into that bracket so um, while while we're pumping him up here Pistol we don't want to make it seem like he's a sure thing it yeah. has to be weighed up uh, for your side entirely um, Pistol I think that, that wraps it up really well Awesome I think uh, if you got some potential a uh, rookie discussion there yeah i do actually there pistol we do have uh, a few um names to talk about obviously we had cully on the weekend um that absolutely smashed it with a 90 um t- how many he had he had 10 tackles or something like that uh, in his first yeah, game for the eagles 12, against yeah. the hawks Heaps. um he, he's obviously uh had some low time on ground so that even bodes uh, even better for him uh, playing a little bit uh, a, a sort of like a, a forward um, role at times and then rotating up the ground is, is what we what I saw from the game there, Pistol, but he, he looks to be um, absolutely like the, the number one option in terms of um, scoring potential from these rookies if you do need to downgrade. Ideally, we don't have these guys on field and ideally you do have some cover, but if it becomes one of those situations where you need to do, you need one of these guys to potentially fill a hole, he would be the number one. Uh, he's also... Um, let me just double check to make sure I'm not right. Yeah, he's bargain basement price mid uh, mid forward as well. So he's got literally all the boxes ticked. Um, uh, 102k there as well, pistol. Uh, Noah Cumberland, the sausage, kicked a few snags on the weekend as well for the Tigers. Pistol mid forward again, 123,900 um, for the Tigers. So he he's another option that you could certainly be looking at. And beyond that, pistol, I think there's just a lot of. Um, I mean, we had I think it was Carmichael for Collingwood, but he couldn't hit the uh, the the side of a barn door with his uh, by foot on the weekend. So uh, <laughs> hey. I'm not sure he's the type that you want uh, want on field. Um, what did he have? I'm just going to look. No, it up. look. Honestly, uh, he, I think he's got the highest upside, even more than Cully. Cully 
was, I mean, this also might be biased talking. I'll put that out there first, but um, Cully had like a very, very contested game. He had 12 disposals, but he had 11 contested possessions Mm, and seven mm. clearances with 11 tackles. Like that's, that's just pure bulk inside work. Yeah. And I feel like if you do that, as we saw um, earlier in the season with some of these rookies, like you can just get killed in the midfield and then not score. Um, and, and you can have a really bad game. Whereas Carmichael is a bit more of an accumulator type than Cully is. And that means that he has, you know, a hundred plus spike game potential. He had 111 dream team in 63% time on ground. So that was 24, 24 touches, but he had 24 kicks. So that's great for super coach <laughs> when you don't handball. Um, not great for super coach when you have 10 clangers. Yeah. <laughs> that's not great. Um, but honestly, I think the upside is there for both of them. Um, I would say colleagues bought himself games to the end of the season just with that performance. So he might probably be the safe one. I think Carmichael can still be dropped at some stage. Not wouldn't expect it to be next week, but he definitely might not make it into you know your super coach finals. So Carly feels a bit safer from that perspective. Um, Cumberland was good, but I, I, why would you pay the twenty k more when you can get cheaper for Cully? Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, Sonsi Tyler Sonsi was ruined for us. Um, thought he passed the eye test. Fifty nine super coach, nothing special, but I wanted to start him next season because it looks like he's going to be a decent player in the future so a bit upset about that one but uh yeah, yeah not going to end up in any of our teams this year um carmichael mid forward uh 102 400 as well so um i guess it, you go on scoring potential and you know potential to be on field in terms of carmichael or um well i, I i'll ask this to you direct the, the way that you framed that these two are the same price they have the same dpp Mm. Um, it sounds like you like Carmichael more than Cully. I like Carmichael's scoring potential more than I like Cully, but I like Cully's job security more than I like Carmichael. I guess depends yeah. what you value. This might not be... like You might have Taranto M9 like myself, and then why does it matter, I guess, if like... It matters yeah, much yeah. less if, if Carmichael's dropped or not. So you could just go with like, oh, yeah, I'll just pick him and he might play really well and have high scoring potential for the rest of the season. That's fine. Um, or, you know, I mean, Cully still scored 90. I don't know if he's going to have as good of the games he just had for the rest of the season, but 90 is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, anyway, so I think both good picks, you're not really going to go wrong at bargain basement price with good scoring potential. Yeah. I mean, I wish we had these guys at the beginning of the year, but that's not how the mid season draft works. Obviously um, that would be, yeah, it would have been great if they could have even just held off till next season. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I'm going to trade Machido Owens for the third time this year uh, so I can bring in Carmichael. So I, can, <laughs> I can, so I don't have to play Hoff on the field. Oh, my God. I was going to Hoff up a lung. Oh, watching that performance. That was terrible. Pistol, we might as well go through. I'm, I'm just moving straight on. Uh, some VC and C options uh, moving straight into the week. Um, I, Laird was <laughs> Did my you big not one. hear me earlier about my C and VC options? You don't want my advice for this. Yeah, no, that's why I was talking <laughs> over the top of you. Um, Please. The, <laughs> uh, I, I would uh, ordinarily think that Laird is just a fantastic, safe VC option. Against Sydney, they're opting to do forwardy type tags this year, so it makes me less scared that they're going to send Ryan Clark to him but he's just been so phenomenal this year I think that when you look at 
um, the rebounding defenders that the Crows have versus trying to shut down Dawson? someone like Lead. Um, yeah, would you would you send a tag to Dawson? I'm not sure. I mean, I, Dawson I, will I, go I, forward. I mean, he has been. Yeah. So it's hard to tag him. Yeah, and they they are opting for that for that trade that uh, that that the, the trade off of uh, um, tagging in the forward line there. So, but potentially yeah. they do. Potentially they do. Um, but I still I still think VC. Laird is a really, really safe option. He's having an incredible year. Um, Pistol, that leads us into... We've got Saturday games, Saturday night games, Lions, Dogs, uh, Melbourne. Quite a lot of options there. Even uh, on the Sunday evening, we've got Steel against West Coast. Who are you liking? Look, I'm not... I'm going to just say names because that's what I've currently got. I'm thinking if Oliver's back, I'm just going to do Oliver because it's yep. nice and makes me feel happy. I know Neil is probably going to be very good as well, but I feel like Oliver has been really good form. I'm not going to overthink it this time. And Merritt against Collingwood. Merritt's in really good form. I don't think Paris is yeah. going to be back. Collingwood give up midfield numbers to anyone that wants to score against them. Um, you know, Laird last week, obviously, 150-plus. So Merritt could have a field day. The only other one that stands out to me is like, kind of a unique captaincy option that could do really well is Sinclair. Um, I think against West Coast, mm. there'll just be a lot of room down back for him to just collect a lot of the cheap ball. And he's been putting out some 130 plus scores lately, quite a few of them. Um, and, uh, you know, unless he gets tagged, I feel like he's going to score really well as well. So um, that's probably my POD Option that I will yep. not take this week because it ruined me, <laughs> ruined me this week. But again, I have not claimed to be good at captaincy options for the best part of 15 weeks. So <laughs> I definitely uh, follow JB's advice, which he will give on the third pe- Thursday podcast. Yeah. The, for the Patreon only. <laughs> he, 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 he's al- always consistently up on Nico's, um, what's it called? The captaincy... Captaincy rankings. Cup. Captaincy couples. He, he always seems starter, to have yeah. his name in there somewhere. So um, JB needs to start sharing some tips. I think that's what, that's. What, that's I mean, what he shares them. The problem is I don't listen to them. Maybe I should sign yeah, up that's true. to our Patreon so I can listen to JB's advice. I think we've gone full circle. <laughs> that, that's fair because you don't listen to your own advice half the time. <laughs> it's, it's true. No, it's called me out now. That's maybe yeah. a trade in Dacos. Yep. All right, Pistol, uh, not Maynard. Uh, that's the uh, the end of the round 18 wrap-up. Thanks for sitting down with me, mate. Uh, if you want to find us on the socials, you can find the main page at, at Dr underscore SC. You can find me at Chizo underscore DRSC, Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC, and JB at JB underscore DRSC. And uh, I do want to give a, a special shout-out. We get a lot of uh, maybe some tweets and some messages on Slack. I want to give a shout-out to Mark that sent us a, an old-school email asking what the hell happened with your VC and C this week, Pistol, and a, a nice, he chose poorly. That's uh, Indiana Jones meme there. And uh, I, I just I, I like it when we get some of these old-school contacts that from, from right back from day one that are still following us. So thanks for, for checking in, Mark. Pistol, and everyone uh, at home listening, thank you. Uh, even if you're driving on the way to work, thanks for listening. Good luck in round 19 as we're starting to get towards the tail end of the year. I've been Cheezo. We'll catch you in the next episode.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 